0: and dismiss our kids up to third grade to Children's Church. We believe it's a big deal to be in the house of God on this Sunday. Give these kids a good hand. Will you do that? Amen. Uh, Before we open the Word of God this morning, I want to share with you uh, uh, some praises. And one of them being that you've already seen in your bulletin the gift toward the Ray Roberts State Mission Offering. That's uh, our gift as a church to directly touch Ohio with the gospel uh, as Southern Baptist churches working together, and I praise the Lord for that. Uh, it was really exciting to get that total from Myrna uh, last Sunday. It was about 42 something, and then get a call from Keith that the online giving was about $1,550. And uh, it just jacked it up, and I praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Brian. Uh, so thank God for that. Uh, also, Wednesday night, we as a church, um, you see in the bulletin there's an opportunity for people to serve at Birthright in Eaton, okay? When I say Birthright, if you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand, okay? Birthright is a crisis uh, pregnancy center that helps uh, moms realize that there is a plan that God can help them through to deliver a baby, And uh, you see that there's some spots to volunteer. Uh, You can take note of that, but here's another neat thing that we decided Wednesday night to do. They have a need, and they have a need of pajamas for infants 12 to 24 months. So here's what we're gonna do for the next couple weeks. We wanna pack it out. Bring in your pajamas, okay? And I know if you go to the right places, you can probably get more than one pair at a pretty good price, and we'll come together And we'll bless Birthright of the Eaton with those things, okay? Now, there's one more thing I'm going to have to use my phone to help us with. And that is that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago of getting involved in the um, disaster relief of Hurricane Ida down on the Gulf Coast. And financially, we did that as a church. And... um, I asked the church Wednesday night if they would if you would give me permission to just locate a good partner for us in Louisiana a church a church that's been hurt been struggling uh, damaged so I I put that note out to uh, Fred Luter and he's already replied with one church for us to consider we'll see what the state convention does but we're going to partner somehow with one of these churches listen to what um, Came across from Send Relief of the North American Mission Board. Your gifts to Send Relief allow us to send supplies to our Southern Baptist Disaster Relief partners helping Hurricane Ida survivors. So this would be where some of our gift went. So far, we've sent 856 rolls of temporary roofing to families in Louisiana and the Northeast. That's 1.7 million square feet of roofing Thank you for supporting disaster relief. So when you see those uh, yellow hats and those yellow shirts uh, on the news or, or somewhere like that, be reminded that that's Southern Baptist uh, serving on our behalf. Uh, folks like Dick McKee and, and Kathy and Roy Howell and, uh, and some of you others have served on disaster relief before, but I thank God for the opportunity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord... In the next few minutes we realize we'll never get it back So I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak one more time And God, uh, as I preach this word this morning I pray that we would not get defensive That uh, we would not tune out or, t- or turn our ears off But we would listen and just see what you want to say to us So my prayer is this morning As we go to First Peter chapter 2 that you would speak one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll begin with verse 13. And I believe with all my heart that the text that's before us this morning is divinely timed. And I believe it's divinely timed because we're living in a day in culture, we're living in a day in society where we need it more today, more than now than ever Not just to the people of God, to us, but to the church of God. And I want to remind you that we're living in a day where we're going to have to make a stand. And as my dad taught me growing up, it's never wrong to stand for right. So this morning, as we open the Word of God, we're going to look at what it means to be a Christian, how we're to respond to this culture in which we're living. And it's one thing, folks, to get mad and combative and argumentative and it's another thing to live as christ as we just sang on the on the big screen and i believe peter is writing a word for those persecuted christians during that day but he's also writing it because god knew we would need it in 2021 and i want us to heed the word of god this morning first peter chapter 2 verse 13 therefore So once again, Peter has this tendency to say, look back at what we've discussed. He talks about living a holy life. He talks about uh, being a living stone on the precious cornerstone of Jesus Christ, a life that has been changed. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. I want you to circle for the Lord's sake. Whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. And then I, I really believe you could wrap up today's message uh, with verse 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, Fear God, honor the king. This section of Scripture is divided into three parts. This morning we enter the phase that begins with the responsibility that we have as Christian citizens. A little later in the chapter, uh, it'll talk about how we relate to the master. And then guidelines in chapter 3 about marriage but here's what Peter I believe wants us to understand this morning based on what Jesus Christ has done for us there are implications about what Christ has accomplished in my life and your life that should affect our earthly relationships meaning that when you give your life to Christ Jesus does an inside-out work and when he does an inside-out work it should affect how we relate to other people. But somehow, I don't know about you, somehow, at times, that message gets a little cloudy in the Christian's life. He says, therefore, submit. You know, when we talk about submit, uh, sometimes I think there's some... uh, misinterpretations of it for instance uh, a young couple may come in to talk to me about doing their marriage and we'll go to Ephesians 5 and talk about wives submitting to their husbands and there that fiance will beat his chest and say honey I told you that's what the Bible says and then we will move down a little further and help him understand why that loving wife should want to submit to him And to tell you the truth, it has a lot more to do with him and his relationship to God than he thinks. The word submit, let me give you a couple definitions. It means to subject, to be subject, or to rank yourself under someone or another. To rank yourself under. Here's another definition. Not seeking your own interest, but assuming a voluntary commitment, listen, to serve others. To serve others. And if that's the definition of submission, I want to be a submissive Christian. Do you? I want to be a submissive Christian to the headship and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Now, here's what we do. We say that Jesus saved me, and he's Lord of my life. Here's what we're saying, that the one sitting on the throne of my life is King Jesus. But the truth is, even in the Christian life, many times we sing that and we say it, But we're still sitting on the throne of our life. We're calling all the shots. Oh, oh, we're 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 Christian by name, because after all, that makes you popular. Well, I want to remind you that Peter's writing in a culture where Christianity was less than popular. And I want to tell you something, folks. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but we're living in a day where Christianity seems becoming less popular and less popular. So if that's the case, we're going to have to learn, or we're going to have to decide, we're going to have to choose to stand for right. But the Bible says we have some responsibilities. And the first thing Peter deals with is, our, is civil authority. Civil authority. Look back at verse 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme Or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. The first thing he deals with is civil authority. Now, we know we don't live in a monarchy where we have a king and we're placed under his authority to lead us. And be reminded, when you said yes to Christ, when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you said that he would be the king of kings in your life. By commitment that the ancient of days the creator and sustainer the giver and keeper of life your king would be King Jesus and because you know him there's responsibility and we have a responsibility in 2021 even in the uncertainty that many of us are living through what we watch on television and the news what we see happening in Washington DC or in our own state, or in our own county, or in our own village. We have a responsibility. You see, when we live our lives and give our hearts to Christ until he returns, and how many of us believe this morning that Jesus is coming again, amen? Raise your hand, he's coming again. And and don't get so discouraged by the things that happen on earth that we forget that Jesus is coming and he's coming back for us one day. And until his return, we're going to live in a world of nations and rulers and laws, and sometimes it's painful. It's painful. Now, write this down on your outline. It's painful because we're living in a day where culture has affected the church more than the church is affecting the culture. You'll say, why, Brother Greg? Because we want to be more popular than we do obedience. I'm not saying it's easy but I'm saying we're living in a day where the battle is on now do not get mad at me this morning but I want to remind you something that we are to get our theology from the Word of God not from the channel of news we watch on television we're to get our theology from the Word of God not from the latest tweets or how popular somebody is with how many followers they have you see when I watch politics I see division I see separation. I see hatred spewed. And I see oftentimes narrow vision. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, you just described yourself. That's exactly why God has to deal with my heart and he needs to deal with your hearts. There is a responsibility of how we are to act when we give our life to Jesus Christ. Now, uh, follow, follow along with me here. As we think about... We're living in a day where elections take place. We're living in a day where maybe the underdog wins or someone we least thought would be there is leading. What's our responsibility now? What's our responsibility then? Let me, let me, let me start with this. Number one, just recognize we may not agree on everything when it comes to earthly leadership. Can, can we say amen to that? that there may come times when, they're on earth, when there's earthly leadership that we may not agree on everything and the authority of the one who has that leadership. What are you saying, Brother Greg? Listen carefully. Don't be a griper. And that's what I need to repent of today. Don't be a griper. Don't be someone who sits on the sidelines and just looks for something to holler about. Here's another thing we've got to be careful of. Don't wish bad on others. Don't hope for failure when it comes to those that God has appointed to lead us. You'll say, Brother Greg, where are you getting that from? Hang on, we're getting ready to go to Romans chapter 13. Okay. You see, folks, leadership needs wise counsel. Amen? So our prayer should be, Lord, surround them with wise counsel. Um, uh, leadership needs prayer. The Bible tells us that and what you and I do oftentimes even as the church is we magnify the mistakes never acknowledge the positives and it often comes down to listen to me the simple fact of what party I'm aligned to folks the Church of Jesus Christ is not Washington DC the Church of Jesus Christ is a group of Baptized believers who are saying, I've given my heart to Christ. He's changed me from the inside out. And even though I may not agree with everything that's happening with the world, I am clinging to faith in the one who's in charge of everything. And as I shared with the youth in Sunday school, who's coming again and will set his feet one day on the Mount of Olives because he's the one who's in charge and he's the one who controls it. You see, Jesus modeled how to relate to earthly leadership. And who in the world would ever think that, don't, don't misunderstand me, who, would ever, who in the world would ever think that Jesus would be the one to model that because he's the king. But yet he humbled himself, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, walked as a man, and... Shared with his followers in Matthew 22, rendered to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus said, I will teach you how to be a good kingdom citizen. Now, put your marker in your Bible here, and let's go back to Romans chapter 13. Okay? Move quick. Romans chapter 13. This is probably a more familiar passage when it comes to our responsibility and it also is a more familiar passage when it comes to the responsibility of the government and those in leadership. Beginning with verse one, chapter 13. If you're with me, say amen. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. How many of us this morning would say, Brother Greg, we believe the Word of God in this church? We do. Amen? Then if we believe the Word of God, we have to believe what Paul's talking about here, that no one is an authority that is not put there by God. Verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I believe what we see in Romans chapter 13 is the role the government should play in our lives as believers. And it's laid out here in this passage. For instance, number two in your outline. First of all, a government's role is ordained by God Now we believe that God is sovereign, do we not? That, uh, when I say the sovereignty of God I believe that God knows what's going to happen He controls what's going to happen Everything that takes place is filtered through the loving hand of God He knew you would be here this morning That sovereign God knows what we're thinking today That sovereign God knows if there's sin in our life that needs to be dealt with That sovereign God, listen, some of you have yet to give your life to Christ, loves you so much that he died for you, willing that you would come to him and accept the payment that's already been made. The sovereignty of God, but yet also recognize the responsibility of man. You see, the Bible says government is ordained by God. But why does it exist? Secondly, to curtail evil, the Bible says to execute wrath on those who practice evil now when we turn on the six o'clock news at night we see plenty of crime do we not and I'm amazed sometimes when a person commits a crime that their first defense is get me out of the consequences of the crime I've committed now I know we might have some law enforcement in here and and law enforcement often sees the worst of people, the worst side of them. Folks, would we not agree this morning that when you look at trouble in the world in which we live, recognizing that we live in a sin-sick society, do we not recognize that when we would, if we would just abide by the law, we could avoid some heartbreak? How, how many of you ever tap your brakes When you come into Camden 45 miles an hour Huh Oh yeah And then I look left and see If they were sitting there And, and, and then I just kind of Slow down and, and I see those Folks just humming through Here sometimes and I think Hey payday's coming Payday's coming Well listen to me Government is to be a source Of good Good, executing wrath on those who practice evil but yet we realize this morning that we live in a day where things have turned and things have, have been twisted and, and we're not sure who to believe or what to believe I'm glad this morning that I have the word of God to give me peace in the culture in which we live now First Peter verse 13 down. Romans chapter 13. Now I want you to go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Just flip back one book to Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are arrested for preaching the gospel. You might be here this morning and say, Brother Greg, I, uh, I'm glad that's Peter and John. That'll never happen to me. I asked the youth this morning, what keeps us from, from sharing our story with anybody? And how do you get into that conversation about the gospel? And, and for me, it's, it's this one. Can I ask you a question? John and they They respond. In your personal opinion, what do you think it takes to get to heaven? I like that question for several reasons. Number one, you're asking for permission to ask them a question. Number two, you're asking for their opinion, and we live in a world of opinions. So the person responds, Brian, with maybe, well, I've been to church my whole life. Or I was baptized when I was a baby. Where do you go from there? Respectfully, you you continue on. I appreciate your honesty. You ready for this? Can I share with you how the Bible answers that question? How the Bible answers that question? And most of the time, people will say, sure. And the Bible says, we all need to be forgiven forgiveness is available but it's not automatic because it's impossible for God to allow sin into heaven but when you place your faith in Jesus and trust him you can be forgiven and heaven will be your home you know what folks listen to me it's not as hard as we make it because anybody in here this morning as a Christian you know what it's like to be redeemed by the blood and grace of Jesus Christ you don't have to make up the story you simply have the privilege to share it. Peter and John were placed in jail for just preaching the gospel. You know, there was a time in the life in the history of America where Christianity was a good thing. The church on Sunday morning uh, gathered to worship was a great thing. And now we live in a culture that treats the church as, as something just like everything else and, and, and doesn't recognize uh, the importance of it. And it fights families for the time that you have even with your kids and raising them, thinking that you might miss out if you don't let them do something. Listen to me. We're living in a day where we need to make sure we understand something. There is a price to pay for being a follower of Jesus. It's not the cross. It might be inconvenience. It might be a little persecution. It might be someone talking about you. But listen, uh, let, let folks talk. Because eternity is at hand. So Peter and John in chapter 4, they're standing before the Sanhedrin and they simply preach the gospel. If you look at verse 8, the Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, In this day we are judged for a good deed done to to a helpless man. But what means we have made well? But what means has he been made well? It's not by us. Verse 10, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, it's him. Because this man stands before you and he's whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men, by which you must be saved they're put in jail for preaching the gospel god miraculously does a work in their life and, and the, the leaders can't understand what's happening verse 13 when they saw the boldness of peter and john and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men they marveled i love this And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So what are we going to do with them? If we can't silence them, what are we going to do with them? Verse 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now, they're on trial again in chapter five. Go ahead and flip the page. Miraculously, they're delivered. They were supposed to be in prison, and here they are preaching the gospel again. Verse 28, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Number three, there will be times where there will be an exception to the principle of how you're going to follow, who you're going to follow, who you're going to listen to, and you're going to have to make the decision. I've had a number of people Come to me and say would you write a letter for me about my religious convictions in regards to taking the vaccine folks i love all of you but you're the one that needs to express your convictions you see what we do oftentimes is we try to get people to live through us Uh, you know what i'm talking about you've been to the little league game where the dad or the coach puts so much pressure on junior to be the greatest and the best best and the biggest because maybe dad wasn't able to be that or wasn't able to do that you can just see it you can see the pressure on the kids face and you can just see how they cringe when they strike out someone trying to live vicariously through their child but when it comes to your faith when it comes to you standing nobody can do it for you nobody can do it for you now keep in mind in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira are already dead. They, they, they found out, the church found out, you don't play games with God. You don't keep back from God what is rightfully his. And they get to the point when Peter says, listen, we have to answer the question, we, are we going to obey God or are we going to obey men? So when it comes to praying, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to authorities that are making decisions, listen, most of the time, folks, the issue is the policy, not the person. And God calls us to pray for those in authority. You'll say, well, Brother, brother Greg, you, you, you've got your head in a hole and, and, and you don't understand uh, how wrong everything's going. Folks, listen to me. I'm not talking about who's in the white. It doesn't matter. The Bible says we are to pray for those who lead us. I would be I would be a mess if I got up here this morning and thought that my church never prayed for me as your pastor. What what should we pray for, you, Brother Greg? Number 1 to keep me clean and close. Number 2 that God would give me a fresh word. That that God would open up my heart and and that and then what you see is what you get. And and I, and I realize that uh, we're living in a day where there's so much distrust and and, and oftentimes, folks, it's, it's, it's the, the policy that we're angry with and, and we take that and we turn it into a person and we forget what it's all about. And the Bible says we're to pray for those in authority. Now, I remember when Ohio, the, the first in 2020, in March, when Governor DeWine started shutting everything down and I thought, man alive, would I not want to be the governor of this state right now? Well, one time, okay, we got through it. The second time's a different story because we've already made up our mind of who's right and who's wrong, or if I'm right and you're wrong. I I want to remind you of something as the church of God because Jesus has changed your life. According to 1 Peter, we are not to act as the world acts. We're to love each other and to pray for each other and to lift up each other. And when we see our officials in Washington, D.C., or at the State House in Columbus, or the, the county in Eaton, or right here in the village of Camden, we're called to pray for those. Listen, if we believe the word of God, that God has allowed into that place of leadership for this moment. You say, Brother Greg, then why vote? Because God gives us the liberty to do that. We should never take our liberty, listen, number four, freedom in Christ should not be a cover-up for anything ungodly. See, Paul dealt with that. They said, oh, well, you're saying you're saved by grace through faith so you can live however you want to live, and and Paul said, God forbid. God forbid that I live like that. I'm a bondservant to Jesus Christ, and because I'm a bondservant to Christ, my life should different now go back to first Peter chapter 2 verse 15 says for this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of the foolish men you know we can act foolish sometimes can't we we can act foolish by how we respond you know one thing I've learned uh, in the years of being your preacher to not respond immediately when I'm upset Okay, so Judy sends me a, a, a message from the office and says, Brother Greg, I need Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. Before I respond no, I need to think about that. Maybe maybe even ask the question, what's, what, what's going on? What, what do you need? What we need to do many times is just calm down. And I believe time does that. Um. Maybe, maybe you found out that your kids are FaceTime and everybody in the world, but they don't have time to call you. and, 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 and you're getting a little bit aggravated. I, I believe sometimes just step back and take a deep breath and slow down and don't respond quickly. Don't fire back that text instantly. Take some time, remember who we are in Christ and as peter writes not letting the liberty that we have as a cloak for a vice but remember that i'm a bondservant of jesus christ verse 17 honor all people love the brotherhood fear god honor the king so the hatred sometimes listen that is spewed out sometimes can be spewed out by believers and that's contrary to what it means to be a bond of Christ. Now years ago we did a, a campaign in Sunday school, some of you might remember, and we called it Splash. So I want you to write the word Splash down in your notes. S-P-L-A-S-H. Okay. The first S means show. Show people love. S-P-L. Show people love. How are you doing that? How are you doing that? You say, well, Brother Greg, it's hard for me to show people love. Uh, I'm not even loved in my own home, in my own household. Listen, you are changed by the power of God. He lives in you. Let God use you to be obedient to him. Show people love, A-S-H, and share hope or share him. You know what people need around us? They need to be splashed a little bit by this new life that's in us. They, they need to get a little water on them in the new life that's in us. Uh, I, I have a son-in-law and a grandson that like to go to Kings Island, and their favorite ride is Splash Mountain or something like that, Canyon, Grand Canyon, water, whatever it is. All I know about that ride is you get to walk around the rest of the day in wet underclothes. That's not fun for me. That's not my ideal fun. Splashed. And people like that so well that there's a place you can stand to watch it that you might even as well get wet from the splash of others. I believe Peter is saying, When your life is changed, listen, it will even change how you relate to the civic authorities in your life. I I wonder this morning, would we would we claim uh does heaven know that the President of the United States has been being prayed for from Camden, Ohio? from some of us but we live in a culture that says if you didn't vote for him he's the enemy folks the enemy is the devil the enemy is the one who sells a lie the enemy is the one who makes bad look good and our hope is in Jesus Christ amen and and our job this morning is to proclaim him and to share that he can set you free from the bondage of hatred from prejudice Anything in your life that would keep you from being the man or woman of God, he wants you to be. Freedom in Christ should never be a cover-up for anything ungodly. And we're living in a day where we wonder who's telling the truth. Who can we believe? Who can I trust? And all I can tell you as your pastor this morning is that there is, there is one that we can And it's his word that we can. And it's his word that we're to stand on. You say, Brother Greg, I can't do it. No, you can't. You can't by yourself. You can't do it alone. It's got to be the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? The Holy Spirit in you can. And he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. It's God in you. can help you to love those that don't love you. It's God in you that's bigger than whatever hang-up we have. It's God in us that can help us get over the fear of ever asking someone in your personal opinion, what do you think it takes to go to heaven? So we got to stand. And this morning, I choose to stand on the Word of God. God, help me to love people more. Help me to love our church family more. Help me to love Camden more. Folks, if you want a real good look at Camden, just take a drive around the neighborhoods. They're hurting people, families that are desperate, bicycles everywhere representing their kids everywhere that need the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. And I simply want to ask you a question. Who do you pray for? Who do you pray for? You know what Jesus prayed from Calvary? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I want you to identify somebody in your life that may not be a Christian. You know somebody that's not a Christian? Can you lift them up to the Lord? Can you call their name? The invitation is very simple. God's dealing with any hearts, the altar's open. If you've never given your life to Christ, boy, God's brought you here today for this reason. And I'm going to be waiting right here. And I'll pray with you if today's your day. Say, Brother Greg, how do I know if God's dealing with me? Do you, do you sense a drawing? Do you feel like you're the only one in the room I'm talking to? That's the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you need to come, now's the time.